these cell phones, they test them away from your body every inch away. It's just exponentially safer for you. Just know that we're an antenna. We're absorbing this stuff. So that's that's not uh, optimal you know, for our body to have that. We want to develop those buffers. Hey there, my friends, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project podcast. Today, we're joined by an absolutely wonderful guest expert, Justin Franson, who is a world-renowned athleticism and performance coach. He's the founder of athleticism.com and emfrocks.com, and he's been working in the field of athletic performance for over 25 years. He's also the author of a book called Athleticism, Whole Body, Whole Brain Plus Performance, which delves into the connection between athletic performance and the environment. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring Justin on today, because he is a man that just doesn't understand like the health, fitness, performance side, but he's also really diving in and being a champion for the fact that in today's day and age, we are surrounded by electromagnetic soup of microwaves, radio waves, and all these non-native EMFs. And in Justin's career, he realized that a lot of these factors were affecting the performance of his athletes. And some of his athletes were breaking down due to the effects of wearable technology. So he really started to dive into this. And he also started to look for solutions to really offset some of this EMF damage. So my promise to you in this conversation is if you've ever been curious about the effects of Apple Watches or your cell phone or your Wi-Fi router, we're going to get into those, some of the real science and biological effects of non-native EMF fields. And we're going to get to hear the story of a man who who's really championing this work in the world. So, Justin, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thank you so much, Dr. Anthony, for having me. So, I mean, this is an unpopular conversation in some sense that we're about to have, but you're no stranger to having it. The fact that we have a very modernized world where everything is Bluetooth zinging and zagging around, and there's a lot of just like fields that we're putting out there to send data in a non in a wireless way. Um, how did you get passionate about this? And like, what's some of your backstory? Take us into how you got passionate about this topic, and then we'll get into some of the science and some of the effects that you're seeing with your athletes and other people. Definitely. I started athleticism.com 25 years ago doing nerve work for sports performance and looking at the body in a whole different way. I treat concussions and do lots of fascia work and the list goes on and on. But what I saw was our athletes breaking down from wearable technology. And that's what dove me into this whole EMF topic and the understanding of how we're different than the man-made electricity and, and, and then how it affects us. Okay. So when you say your athletes are breaking down, what were you specifically noticing and how did you like track it to the wearables themselves as opposed to other stressors and environmental factors? Well, one of the strongest, fittest endurance athletes comes through the program and his whole left arm went weak and he just happened to have a smartwatch uh, on his wrist. So I'm like, hey, get that radiation off your wrist. And the pain directly below the watch went away right away. And then his functionality restored shortly thereafter. So that was the point where, where I knew I had to dive into it and everyone looks to nature to get grounded. So I knew nature would have the answers. And so we looked that direction. And even before that, I was the last guy to get a cell phone. I'm really sensitive to energies. Even when I would talk on a corded phone, 
I, for too long with an old girlfriend, I, I would hear, I would feel the challenge, the buzzing, and it would be painful. And I'd be like, Hey, what's going on? This thing's corded. It shouldn't bother me, but it did. Well, I think that's a really interesting point that you do bring up is there seems to be a big variety in people's sensitivities to these things. There are some people who are very electromagnetically sensitive um, and they can even, you know, sense fluxes in weather and the ionosphere, electromagnetic like fields out in the planet, as well as let alone cell phones making people very sick, nervous system related disorders, pain, ringing in the ears, sleep disturbances. And other people seem to be kind of like, resistant. If people are not noticing these things and they like, ah, I use a cell phone all day, I feel fine. Is that a sign of good health, bad health? And what do you make of any of the individual differences? Uh, well, that's a great question. I'm smiling because you're hitting all the notes. Normally I'm the guy that knows all the information behind it, but your backdrop, those questions are fantastic. A lot of the times it's a lot of different scenarios for it. So people can be sensitive if they're too young, too old, they don't have the defense strength mechanisms at those durations of their life. If they're RH negative, they're stronger. I'm positive, so I'd hmm. be more susceptible to it. If they've had more toxicity exposure, which I did at a certain point, I, I had a college dorm room. The other side was a big power line transformer uh, outside of my my bedroom, literally out on the adjacent wall to my bed. Uh, and then if someone has heavy metal toxicity, so, or more introduction to nuclear as well. I live near within 25 miles of a nuclear power plant, just under 25 wow. miles in proximity to it growing up. So the combination and then the, how well they methylate and are able to flush those toxicities out of them. I think a lot of those fall into the levels of sensitivity. Uh, there is an awareness component too. I feel people that are more in tune with energies. I do lots of applied kinesiology and muscle testing and I've mm -hmm. done it for 30 years. So I'm really good at feeling energies and reading energies and having that intuition, seeing what, what makes sense and what doesn't. Uh, the people that aren't as aware of those things. Maybe it's just not in their, in their bandwidth at that time. So there, there's just a lot of reasons uh, for it. And, and maybe they are a little stronger or more resilient for the, you know, the aforementioned reasons. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just, it comes back to the fact that these bodies are getting so many different kinds of inputs all the time. There's genetic factors, there's environmental inputs, and then, you know, obviously the psychological awareness aspect of all of that. Can we back up a little bit and just define EMF or electromagnetic radiation fields um, and, and how let's kind of frame the discussion on what those energies are, what that spectrum is, and then kind of define native versus non-native EMF. I want to make sure people like kind of understand some of the basic science so it's not just all like wizard magic stuff and, and they have a little more teeth behind their understanding. Definitely. So electromagnetic fields, EMFs, uh, they can be fields or frequencies and uh, they can be native or non-native. Uh, non-native is all the man-made stuff and all man-made waveforms are one directional or they don't work. So that's really the challenge at the essence. These waveforms are made, they're polarizing speeds or Polarizing positive charge 
And they're 10 zeros faster, at least the wireless ones are, than how we sleep rub and optimize. And so that's really the difference. We're not made off of one directional waveforms. If you drop a pebble in a pond, the resonance and the splash of the pond doesn't go in a straight line to the right or left or up or down. It's a wave that distributes equally in every direction. That's the framework of our entire universe and us. They're called scalar waves. So they're waves that are unpolarized that distribute equally in every direction. So it's the higher energy aspect of it. And like for, for people's reference point, it's like five, let's just talk about 5G, for example, which is, stands for fifth generation of wireless technology that operates, I believe, in, let's just say anywhere from the 10 to 70 gigahertz range. And it could be, it might be slightly off, but a gigahertz is like 10 billion cycles per second, right? Or something like that. It's like, and, and the earth naturally has a resonance of about like anywhere from eight to a hundred cycles per second. The Schumann resonance has been kind of interesting lately. So just like understand the magnitude of the stuff that we're putting out is so different than what we were kind of like born and connected to. Can you speak into that? Definitely. So even if it's lower level, let me back up a little bit. Even if it's lower level, Dr. Martin Paul at a Washington State University talks about the voltage-gated calcium channels opening up. So think about that yeah. word, voltage-gated. That's a gateway for your mitochondria function. So that's where the gateway for your mito- mitochondria to actually generate the ATP, the, the energy. That's disrupted right out of the gate, even with low-level radiation. So the milligauss is measured in 50 to 60 waves per second. Dirty electricity spectrum would be 4,000 to 100,000 waves per second. And then the wireless are 50 million to billions of waves per second. And 5G, the bandwidth is actually 60 to 90 billion waves per second. Uh, They roll out our wireless wireless communication at 2.45 gigahertz or 2.45 billion waves per second at the same bandwidth that starts to destructure water. So really challenging because it's destructuring, literally dehydrating us and our planet. And going back to the Schumann resonance, it varies, but it's as low as 7.83 hertz or waves per second, depending upon the season. And Dr. Anthony, when we're sleeping, I know you're aware of the delta and theta brainwave states, that's when we're yeah. in a deep yeah. state, uh, sleep for rest and restoration. And the theta is the creative state, the four to eight, where Einstein would hold something in his hand and fall asleep in a chair and to drop that so he could wake up in that theta state so he could create. Those are where, yeah. where there are one or below one to eight hertz or waves per second. When our athletes are in the flow state and they can't miss, everyone calls it, in the zone. They're 8 to 12 hertz or waves per second. So we do, we rev really one with the universe in that low and slow uh, brainwave state. I just want to highlight that because I think that was such a powerful point that you, you said, like these alterations in our different experiences of consciousness correspond with electrical activity of the brain at certain frequencies. 
And when we're getting into these deeper frequencies, whether they're the more creative, profound things or just slipping into the zone or into deep sleep, the brain's electrical activity is slowing down. And it's actually very close to the human residence, but although even slower than that, let alone, let alone like a 5G, which is just like never experienced by a biological organism ever. And as you said, it also affects the water. So that's absolutely fascinating. So when you go to like, okay, so many people listening to this may not fully understand the science yet, but they may have an intuitive understanding that I probably know my phone's not great for me, or I shouldn't be around a Wi-Fi router or a smart meter all the time. How do you begin to talk to coach athletes and people who come to you for help on how to like live life, but still mitigate some of their EMF exposure? What are some practical tips on how to like clean up the home or just do other things like this? Definitely. Well, the first part, Dr. Anthony, is to really understand the framework of what we're built on and that we're in this living collective intelligence matrix where our air will lean on on the air part. Everything around us is our environment, but our air is the atmosphere. And that's where the ether plasma, where waves and particles travel through. That's how we're able to communicate. So once we understand how Mm -hmm. everything works, and then when you introduce something that's 10 zeros faster, that's polarizing for our body, it will decharge us, that chips away our life health force and and our health. Then we start to understand that that concept of something's different than how we're designed, and then it can affect us. And then what we go is we start to look at what are the sources And so there's meters that are made to measure the speed of those different wavelengths that I mentioned. And so you can get a milligauss meter or a Stetzer electric meter to measure dirty electricity and plug it in the wall. It's a great meter. And then you could get an acoustometer, like a one directional meter. So I like to get a meter and point it at a cell phone because the cell phone here looks all quiet. It doesn't sound like it's making noise. The second you point a meter at it, it starts screaming. And the noise that the meter makes is what our body hears, what our nerves hear, what plants hear, what pets hear. And it's noise pollution. And most humans can't hear that bandwidth, but that's what we're dealing with at all times. So I really encourage the meters to understand what the stressors are. And then there's two other steps, develop proximity protocols to it. So shut down devices and get your home as close to the resonance of the earth at night, especially, and then get outside and get grounded by nature because nature has this incredible medicinal bandwidth to heal us and frequency to heal us. So there is a physics component here. This is the best part about this whole talk. You can convert a one directional waveform into something that's unpolarized that our bodies accept. Yeah, Getting out in nature is free. That's the best way to do it. The second best is to use our grounding bags, you know, when you're inside the home. And that's what's going to literally bring the resonance of the earth to your home so we can coexist with this in our electrical boxes of our home. I want to talk about your grounding bags in some of the solutions in a little bit. Before we get there, though, I think I want to emphasize, as a man who has an acoustometer, it's behind me, and I measure all sorts of different kinds of things just to get data, Like, because you can't see these things. Some people can feel them, but you can certainly measure them. Like The big thing is the cell phone is probably going to be people's number one source of like radio frequencies, Like period. 
And, and these are coming, what, like so people know, in the microwave range. Like this is what, the cell phone is a microwave emitter. Like this is what it is. Um, and the proximity thing you mentioned is good because like if, if there's a huge difference between if you have the phone, you know, a foot from your face versus like even like three or four feet away, like the mitigation in the distance is massive. Just like a Wi-Fi router, you can have Wi-Fi in your house, but if you're on the other side of the house in your bedroom, there might not even be that much. So I think the proximity is like a massive thing. Can you speak into that and some of the readings you've had on that? Yeah, they have a SARS absorption rating at like 1.6 watts that, that you're allowed to do. And uh, so they make these cell phones. So they test them away from your body every inch away. It's just exponentially safer for you. So these ratings are, are just know that we're an antenna. We're absorbing this stuff. So that's, mm-hmm. that's not uh, optimal you know, for our body to have that. We want to develop those buffers you know, for us. And kids have a higher absorption rate too, because by body weight, they have higher amounts of water and let alone all these kids right now, all glued to iPads and like phones and stuff like this all the time. Like it's kind of sad because it absolutely does influence the nerves and the neurons, how the mitochondria function. It opens up those voltage gated calcium channels, which can actually damage the DNA when calcium rushes into a cell. So it's like, there's like real science behind this stuff, but I guess it's kind of like unpopular to chat about. So why is this not like a global conversation? Yeah. It's ionized radiation, literally. And, and that's what we're dealing with. And so in 1996, our government set procedural levels. And he said, if something's ionized and it causes a thermal effect in the body, it's not okay for us. But if it's non-ionizing, it's okay. So they're ratcheting up these levels uh, as high as they can uh, and avoiding that thermal discussion. And they're doing it with cell towers outside of homes and smart meters and all the wearables and the computers and uh, smart TVs and Alexas. And I mean, this entire grid, satellites, they're all saying that it's non-ionizing but it really is. These are bandwidths are in the billions of ways per second. So there's no, there's no scratching your head on it for me why we're adapting to all this stuff because we never seen the electrification of our entire uh, world at this, uh, at this level ever. And that book, you, I think you mentioned the author of that book, Dirty Electricity, which is a cool book that kind of goes through the history of like as as we started to electrify things, uh, how, how we saw a big explosion of cancer and, and heart disease and diabetes and stuff like that. And then I also want to comment on the ionization, non-ionization. So ionizing radiation, in my understanding, is like very high-powered energy, things like X-rays and gamma rays. And like slower and lower than that would be microwaves and radio waves, which people say are non-ionizing, and they're probably not. But regardless of whether or not the EMFs ionize, which actually like excites an electron off things and directly can damage DNA, there are non-ionizing damaging effects of EMFs, like the voltage-gated calcium channels you mentioned. It actually messes with the electron transport chain of the mitochondria. Regardless of if DNA is damaged through an ionizing process, like there's still damage in non-ionizing effects. So that is the big industry talking point is only, oh, it's non-ionizing, so it's safe. But it's far more complex than just that. Like ionizing radiation, like UV, for example, ionizing affects us, but other things do too. Yeah. And again, we're talking about one directional waveforms. We got to go back to the simplicity of how they're made. A cell tower 
has panels facing every direction because those waves have to point in that direction for it to work or it doesn't work. So we got to really understand this makeup of it. And the book that describes it the best is yeah. the, the Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. And he categorizes the history of electricity and life. And he really categorizes back to 1889 when we first introduced electricity in our homes and beyond that. So they called the flu the flu before that time because it would fly in and fly out with the cosmic shifts, as you spoke on, solar flares, pressure shifts in the atmosphere, atmospheric shifts. Our bodies will adapt to, REM patterns will change. It directly affects our system. And then then once we introduced electricity Mm -hmm. into our homes, the flu was here to stay. That's crazy from just that point alone. But in 1918, we rolled out radio waves. Yeah, maybe they're not ionizing. I don't know. But every place that broadcasts radio waves or has radio station, there is a huge cluster uh, of you know, health challenges. So 1918 yep. was the first time they rolled out, rolled out radio waves, and that was the Spanish flu. So a lot of people got sick and adapted to that, and many didn't, weren't able to. And then the satellites in the Van Allen belt for for uh, the Hong Kong flu and then World War II was radar. And everyone knows the last several years, 5G. You know, there's no scratching your head on this stuff. We can make a phone call internationally in a split second. Now, you know, you can easily broadcast a frequency and a bandwidth you know, a, a, across the entire country you know, in, a, in a split second. So there's no scratching your head for me. Yeah, and I think it is important because there's a lot of um, natural resistance to this idea that these things that we hold so near and dear that our lives kind of like our modern lives depend on could be this damaging that I want to give a plus again for that book you mentioned, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. It's on audiobook as well as paperback. You read that book, it will blow your mind. It has all the science of the biological effects in the back half, but the front half of it is all about the history of how the world became electrified. You gave a really nice high-level summary of that. And it was interesting. When the radio waves were were rolled out, that's when we saw bees starting to die. The guy Marconi who invented the radio waves on the Isle of Wight, like he had like a lot of health issues and he died prematurely from all that stuff. Like this is a deep conversation and it's like inconvenient, but I'm glad we're helping people. These people become aware of these things and knowledge is power. You got to start measuring and you got to start reading so you can be convinced of these effects. So with this, it's not all doom and gloom because you clearly started a company that has found natural technology, if you will, to mitigate some of these things. So talk to me about EMF rocks. How'd you discover this and what does it do again, like to the waves and and how is it beneficial for people in their homes? Definitely. Well, let's talk about how our body battery works and then we'll kind of get into the, the grounding part and how that is so beneficial. So Eileen McCusick wrote a book called Electric Body, Electric Health. And she talks about the body being a body battery where we get a negative charge from the earth and pull the electrons from it. We get a positive charge from the unpolarized light of the sun that distributes equally in every direction. Like Here's my hand. There's still light underneath it. <laughs> so distributing equally in every direction. And then we get the minerals from the air and different in different environments. Dr. Zach Bush will talk about breathing in the microbiome and, and different environments to 
remineralize our system. And then also, hopefully we get it from some of our food <laughs> if you're getting regenerative, sustained sources. And then we drink the water for the conductivity of it all. And that's really at the essence of how our body battery works, Dr. Anthony. And when we're out in nature, we're going to feel the best we've ever felt because our bodies are being charged. It's really challenging everyone to heal and perform at the highest level when you're decharged, when you lose the polarity in your system. And what I've seen clinically is the eyes, the teeth, your thymus, which is your upper chest, and your large intestine, the intestine area below your belly button, are the four areas that get decharged by EMF the easiest. So for me, it's easy to make an athlete stronger because when you can get their joints, their weak links stronger, the whole becomes stronger. We can, when we can recharge those areas that are the weaker links for EMF, the whole becomes stronger. And then we use, we use our grounding bags to actually clear the biofield. And, and Dr. Bruce Lipton will talk about our body being energy mm -hmm. first. So the chi, our energy, our biofield, which ironically goes out about six feet, is where our health lies. Our chemistry is secondary because we get the chemistry from the energy and then we get the biology you know, after that. So a, a lot of times we get those things switched around, but our energy field is what we really want to focus on and getting in these natural <laughs> resonances will help do that. And what we did with the grounding bags is we found an incredible mine that has moisture and magnetic properties, not just like shungite or amethyst or black tourmaline that have the known magnetic properties. Ours has a moisture content in it. And that's why they're exponentially better about eliciting that grounding effect when they're in a, in our around us. So these, we, we basically have a bag of these special rocks effectively. And these rocks have magnetic and they also have some hydration to them. And that harmonizes an environment that we're in. So you put them in like a bedroom or something like this. And now we have a more natural EMF zone. Is that the concept? Right. So what we did is we hand mine crystals. The crystals have moisture and magnetic properties. They're beautiful pink crystals. Unfortunately, we can't really display them out or, or wear them uh, you know, with pride. But what we can do is we can deploy them in these grounding bags and you got to keep them sealed so it preserves them. They'll last for several years as long as you keep them sealed. But they have the moisture magnetic properties. And what they do is they create a coherence between us and the non-native waveforms. Okay. That's interesting. So if you were to take an acoustometer or some kind of measuring device that would measure a cell phone radiation, does it actually like go down in the presence of these things? Or is it more that it's just a harmonized field beyond the measurements of an acoustometer? There are ways you can lower and get meters to, to or get our products to show that meters meter less signal strength. Mm-hmm. That's not the game we're playing. What I'm looking at is your bio measurements, your body. How does your body respond to it? So Dr. Bear Lando, alphabetic.com, he, he did a waveform test. So he has dual impedance antennas and they measure your chi and any distortion in your chi. And the grounding bags clinically passively treated up to 91% of the markers that were off from 
the EMF being present in the body. That's phenomenal. He's never seen or tested a product that can clear at that level. The lowest was 67% and her thymus was decharged. Uh, but if we would have done the tapping protocol uh, to clear, you tap on the bag and you cover those areas, she would have been off the charts. I don't even know what their score would have been, but we, we had to do a passive test. But the grounding bags create that coherence. So we're ended up getting good from these devices. It's amazing what physics can do. For sure. Cause it is, it is just physics and understanding of different waveforms and like, you know, it's, it's beyond my understanding the exact specifics of it, but I'm working on it as, as obviously you are, and you have some solutions, which are super cool. Um, okay. So let's talk about what your personal practices are. Um, whether do you have kids by the way? Yes. I have one daughter. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I want to know your practices for yourself personally, as it relates to cell phones, Wi-Fi routers, and like how you keep your house right, as well as like what you do with your daughter, if anything, to, to have like healthy, safe life, uh, good performance, still using technology, but not being necessarily damaged by it. Right. Well, she has her phone and her computer. Obviously it's best if we hardwire it. Uh, that's optimal. We have grounding bags. I do the proximity protocol, so a laptop is never on her lap. Can you imagine a battery and a router over your reproductive organs and selling that? That's what the industries are doing. So educating the kids is one of the foremost things for their reproduction and their future reproductive organs to, to be viable and So I teach her Mm -hmm. never to have a phone up next to her head. I teach her not to have a laptop on her lap. It's always adjacent to her. Even if they're getting the millimeter waves, that buffer, that proximity distance is safe enough. And then we use our grounding bags uh, to create the coherence between uh, her and the waveforms. And I do the same thing. But right here on my desk, I'm hardwired. So my computer's hardwired, my phone's on airplane mode right now, or I put it inside of a Faraday bag, one of our Faraday bags. And so that's how we develop proximity programs. If someone has to have their laptop on their lap, throw one of the Faraday bags underneath the computer so it repels the frequencies away from you and then have a grounding bag on your bed or desk to help create the coherence. So there's ways to use these devices and this technology. Uh, another example would be a smart meter, which is an automated gas and electric meter. Josh Del Sol did a documentary movie called Take Back Your Power. I encourage everyone to watch it. But these smart meters are two-way routers that ping every 7 to 15 seconds. So you want to make sure the bed of your kids or yourself are not positioned on the opposite wall of that, or they'll have tremendous health challenges. And I've seen kids grind their teeth to nothing and then have seizures and then autoimmune and cancer and, and commit suicide from too high levels of EMF exposure. So really looking at your invisible environment and then the tangible environments around you and developing some proximity protocols with it and then using some shielding when needed, and then definitely the grounding bags to create the coherence because that's a natural resonance. That's not a man-made mm-hmm. device. 
attempting to keep up with man-made signals. That's like eating GMO food. This is nature's way of protecting us. Yeah. And I guess like also depending on where you live in the future, you know, uh, small cell towers, because those 5G millimeter waves like have a lot of interference, like they, they can't go very far without getting blocked by certain things. There needs to be a lot of small relay towers everywhere. And also, I think a lot of the telecom companies have the ability to use people's individual routers, Wi-Fi routers as relay stations now within terms of service. Like it's it's like whether you like it or not, this is the world we're kind of about to live in. And I suppose insofar as you can keep your home environment better and you can sleep better, I mean, at least that's a, a big chunk of your life that is in a more natural EMF state. Definitely. They're using the routers in homes. They'll have hot spots on them so they can connect to them. Even when you turn it off, they use the cell tower. The, the smart meters act like a cell tower on your home. We're really being inundated. They're rolling out laws that they could at, at their whim with no due process, put millimeter wave technologies mm-hmm. on your home, literally on the roof of your home. It, it, it's, it's really devastating to know that the FCC doesn't care about your health and is just looking for bandwidth bandwidth. When, when we've gotten away from five, when fiber optic cabling, DSL cabling, it's faster, it's safer, it's more reliable. There's minimal health challenges, you know, for our body. We're just leaning away from that when we've invested so much into it. Every school should have their kids hardwired. They don't need 30, 40 kids in a classroom with 30, 40 routers plus their cell phones on all the time. That's just causing tremendous, I call it level one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Level one is all cognitive, lack of focus, memory, anxiety, fatigue, stress, behavioral challenges, headaches. Obviously, the, the lack of sleep is a big thing our grounding bags help with as well. But then level two would be more severe headaches and migraines, bloody noses, ringing in the ears, non-trauma concussion symptoms, which we saw in the Havana cohort, which was or Havana syndrome, which was the first attack of U.S. embassy workers on foreign soil with microwave. Mm-hmm. And then the level three would be the bigs, cancer, suicide, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular disease, and then infertility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I would say like, if anyone is listing this and doubting this stuff, like fine to be skeptical. I mean, that's the heart of like a scientific inquiry and investigation, but just please do read the invisible rainbow book. Like, you know, I wouldn't shove your head in the sand until you've actually like gotten to see the best modern synthesis of all the data that underpins these things, as well as the story of how it all got rolled out. It's like, it's necessary for people to get the full swath of education with these things because it's just the facts. And um, I think it's also because we want to have all this wireless stuff. We want to have everything communicating to everything, smart this, smart that. And there's a big financial incentive not to go develop the infrastructure for fiber optic cables everywhere, rewire a school to have ethernet ports everywhere. It just costs money. It's easier just to broadcast the Wi-Fi out there. And then the political aspect of it is kind of you alluded to is like in the United States, at least we had the Telecommunications Act of 1996, where the FCC basically took over and, and made it only a federal issue where states and local areas couldn't decide what they want to do with these different kind of cell cell tower deposits. It's like federal only. And so we don't really have a, a say too much, but you do have a say in your home. 
and you can do things to have your home environment. So that's something, I guess, if someone is resonating with this before even reading and going deeper into the data, you can make a healthier home. And it sounds like your EMF rocks is a really good place for people to start as well as I would say, get your cell phone at least out of the bedroom. You know, you can still have it on if you wanted to not go airplane mode, but just get it not next to your head at night and then hardwire into your computer if you can. I mean, that seems like pretty easy stuff for people to do. Definitely. These EMFs, Dr. Anthony, yeah, the first, they, they mess with the mitochondria functionality, but they're really an oxidative stress on the body. And this, this bandwidth of destructuring water is a huge topic. Ibrahim Karim, Dr. Ibrahim Karim, the founder of biogeometry is on record of saying that it's dehydrating our entire planet. And in conjunction with the the chemical aerosol trails uh, that they're uh, dropping from the skies. Uh, there's another colleague, uh, Gary Lineham, and he talks about the silica being depleted in our body from the barium. So we're, we're really, without, without the silica, the hydration of our fascia and our entire body gets, gets depleted. So we have to use those incredible minerals to get it back into our, our system and and keep our body hydrated because they keep dropping the levels of what percent our body is of water you drop one percent yeah. of somebody's body water what our makeup is that's that's a massive amount so we we really have to unlearn what we've been told and taught about what health is and unfortunately this isn't the telecom industry isn't the only one. We see it in agriculture and the fake foods and, and then also in, in the auto industry. Now they're rolling out electric cars. And that, this is probably the other biggest topic is electric cars are not good for your health or the environment. And it's not a net zero. Sitting on a massive battery. I've never read, correct me if you've ever read it, Dr. Anthony, but sitting on a massive battery is not good for your health. It never has been and never would be. Yeah, I guess I actually, my, my buddy has a really like fancy electric car and I have taken some of my equipment in there to do readings in his car. His particular one wasn't that bad, but I think that's probably due to the position of the batteries. Like I'm sure other ones are different if the Teslas have batteries all the way underneath them. But yeah, it's not, there are, there are health effects by being bathed in electric fields. And the electric fields are different than even the uh, microwave emissions from a cell phone, which are different than radio waves. They all have kind of uniquely damaging effects just in general. So it's a complicated world we live in. I, you know, I wish it was as simple yeah, to well, say, like, eat your fruits and vegetables, move, get outside and like drink some clean water. But we have a lot of environmental factors right now that you need to know about if you want to be optimal. Um, and what you don't know about can still harm you. That's just unfortunately the facts. Yeah. Uh, well, we had a colleague test and he, he was working with mostly professional athletes and got hired by military to do blood analysis. He threw in a variable of guys and girls driving electric cars. The biggest marker change in all of his blood work was 18% lower testosterone for them driving electric cars. That's interesting. So most of the guys I live in, in I live in Southern California, like Newport Beach area. And everyone driving an electric car that's over 50 is doing synthetic you know, <laughs> testosterone. So they don't feel the effects. If they don't feel the energy, they're not feeling the effects because they're, they're, yeah, they're using synthetics to do it. But they're yeah. cooking their family 
while they're in it. I can't sit in an electric car. And when the thing's driving, when it's accelerating, when it's decelerating, accelerating, what's the difference in the vibration when it goes from one to 10 miles an hour or you know 80 to 100 miles an hour or 50, 60, or when it decelerates or with, when it's in reverse and when it's charging? They just, we haven't done all the tests. We, we just... I mean, I, well, I've done a lot of them, but and I know that it's super high. It's upwards of seventy milligauss yeah. inside of a car. Yeah. When it should be one or below, according to according to bioinitiative.org's work. So we know Dr. Martin Paul's work that, and, and mm-hmm. Todd Watts with Cellcore. Dr. Todd Watts. We talk about the lime, mold, parasites, microtoxins, candida, all being charged by EMF. If you want to keep a dad healthy, the last thing you want to do is to give him a, a crazy invisible stressor mm-hmm. at close to them. Yeah, close to them at all times, let alone the cell phone too, right? That's oftentimes in the pocket at the same time as the car. I just want to mention one thing, bioinitiative.org. So bioinitiative.org, if you put in forward slash conclusions, so bioinitiative.org forward slash conclusions, you can see it's a dated report, but it has a lot of this research on fertility and testosterone effects all laid out through hardcore scientists that care deeply about this. Um, So there's preponderance of stuff people can learn about. So continue, please. Yeah, and get on get on Arthur Furstenberg's website, cellphonetaskforce.org. He has some incredible emails that he sends out. Uh, and and I, I was going to go into proximity protocols with cell phones. We actually manufacture a mini grounding bag, and the minis are great for a pocket, uh, for a purse, or a backpack for the kids. And the deep sleep, you know, these are about one pound. These are about two to three ounces. I have mine in my pocket and, and I put my cell phone on the outside of it. So I have a buffer with my cell phone directly, you know, not on my skin and you could throw them in purses or backpacks or use the Faraday bags. And, you know, and they come in two different sizes where you can create those buffers of where these stressors aren't right on your body. They're not a direct stress on you. And what's going to happen is when you put a phone in a Faraday bag, it's going to save the life of the battery because the reason our batteries die so fast is because the aggregation of information. There's every app is pulling all these markers off of us. And so it's a huge privacy challenge, especially when we're giving them away our biometrics or our eye retinas or face print or finger or palm or voice. We got to slow down this information and develop proximity protocols of awareness of this stuff. These are tools for us to use them, not for them to use us. And another big point I want to make is we got to get out of this meta universe. You got to connect to God. You got to get grounded by nature. That's what's going to help facilitate you healing and keeping your vitality and your life force up, not having someone, a computer meaning, or something, I should say, tell you how you feel, how you slept, how, how, you, how much you know, steps you took. No, do a baseline test once and then do an endpoint test, maybe a midline, and then that's your gauge. And then know from there, you don't need radiation on you 24-7. That's not enhancing for you. Yep. Yep, for sure. I mean, you bring up so many good points. And I I honestly love that you brought it from my personal 
experience of truth to the God connection point, because I do believe that living in a, in, in a way that's more connected to native EMF in these fields is a way for me to live closer to God. So it's like, that's why it's a very motivating and connected experience for me. And a couple other, like, just to loop back, because we're kind of having a fun all over the place conversation here, is on the blood markets, and we mentioned testosterone, one thing that's very clear, and we've known this for a long time, is when blood itself is exposed to uh, foreign electromagnetic fields, it actually clumps up. They call these rouleau formations, where the red blood cell itself is kind of like a donut, and it's meant to have this nice natural charge on it, and, and that keeps it, like, flowing and not clumping. But when we get EM fields, like, the blood gets really clumped up. It gets clumped. Clotted. And when clotted blood doesn't gets all clotted, it can't flow through those small capillaries to your end tissues. It can't exchange oxygen as well. And that's what grounding does. And I'm sure your bag as a grounding device actually does that too. It causes blood to unclump. That's when connecting to the earth causes that. There's a book called Grounding by Clint Ober. It might be called Earthing. Earthing or Grounding by Clint Ober. It's like an amazing book. Earthing, yeah, earthing. it's an amazing book yeah. about basically it shows you all the blood on electron, electron microscope slides and stuff like that of the clumping and the unclumping. And it also shows you how athletes have been using this for a lot of time. The Tour de France cyclists, they, a lot of them, at least at the time of writing the book, slept in grounded bags, like sleeping bags that were grounded because it healed up recovery times, wounds heal faster when you're connected to native EMF, and blood flows better. It's Those things are obviously connected, more blood flow, more healing, all these things. So there's a lot going on here. It affects every system, period. Yeah, definitely. The circulation is challenged and compromised. When that blood reloads, sticks and stacks, you're going to start to see that that function, you know, really be diminished in, in your body and your energy field, the, the chemistry of your body, everything, and then the biology of it all. So, I, I feel getting grounded by nature is the number one most important element to health, and it's probably one of the biggest one that's missed by doctors. When was the last time you know, people went in and said, and their doctor said, hey, get outside in nature more often. I mean, it just, it doesn't happen that often. Obviously with guys like you that have more awareness, those are part of, part of your protocols. But across the board, most people don't think about that. Most, uh, and especially in the Western medical genre, don't even talk about it. I mean, our, our tribes, naturopathics and chiropractics and acupuncturists, and we do have a lot of aware MDs that sell our products and, and we sell these grounding bags through doctor clinics all around the country. So I'm one of the few that gets to talk to more doctors than most. And they are not typically prescribing nature as a way to heal right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And it's free. Yep, it is. And you know what's really interesting? It's like, I think we, we think of history as being so linear and progressive all the time. Like we're constantly building up and becoming more wise. Yet if we look around at the health effects today, we're in worse shape than we were a hundred years ago. Like obesity, diabetes, heart disease wasn't rampant like it is today. So are we really wise? And what I think is fascinating is that like hundreds of years ago, a lot of the European physicians, when they had people coming in with chronic illness, they would prescribe fasting and dew treading. And dew treading was the practice of walking on the morning dew when the grass is still wet and it's more electrically conductive. They'd say, take a walk on the grass and they would just basically fast them or feed them certain kinds of broths. Now, did that cure everything? Probably not. But like they were onto some stuff that they understood on a deep level here. Everyone's now talking about the regenerative capacities of fasting and now earthing and connecting. Like we've known this for a long time. And um, so this is not like new news. It just feels new. 
Oh, I mean, those are fantastic points. And, and to second that, the diabetes thing, and Arthur Furstenberg talks about diabetes never even being able to be found 130 mm-hmm. years ago. Literally six cases in the entire world were found. He couldn't find it in any research books. And then now, obviously, fake food, it's so rampant. But it's an electrical disease for sure. So, you know, I, I know you have some great products on your site to roll out you know, and help burn ketones. And we have an MCT oil called lean oil that helps normalize your mitochondria and, and the spiking of the glucose. So these are, these are systems that are, are really important when we start to understand this whole picture. It's not just one thing that's going to get you better and keep protect your family. It, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a really a compilation of, of all these different pillars of what I call mm-hmm. health. It, it's not, you know, turning down your ma- oxygen or it's not injecting something into your body. That's not health. You know, as much as the, the narrative will say that health is living, loving, breathing fresh air, grounding, smiling, sweating, being close to each other, connecting to God and, and really exercising, getting, getting the muscles working. You gotta, you gotta, and staying hydrated is exercise, nutrition, hydration, uh, and owning your power literally in the quality, quantity, frequency of each of those. Those are the pillars for health. And a lot of that's free. Mm -hmm. The, the, the part about praying and and getting out of nature is Mm -hmm. free. It just go ahead and do it. And when you want to get that resonance and connect closely, you know, in your home or if you're in a cold environment where you can't, you use the grounding bags to get grounded inside your home. Well, I mean, I think that was really just beautifully said. I know we've binged around a lot of places, but that might be the place that we kind of like land that these things of good living are connected to truth and natural law. Our body needs certain inputs, the hydration, the balance of the nervous system, the sleep, the movement, the social connection, connection to a higher power. And I find it very motivating for me personally, especially if I've been on my health journey for a long time where I'm past desiring to look a certain way because I have the habits that keep me functioning well, that it's like what motivates me now is just this holistic approach to like, oh my gosh, this is good living. In, in accordance with God's natural law. And like, what else am I to do here? But that, like, that seems the really, really prime mover for me personally. And it sounds like you've kind of, that's, that's a big ethos for you as well. So on that note, I'd love for you to kind of give us a concluding thought and also to share with people how they can learn more about your work. If your book's a good thing for them to check out, if it goes deeper into these things, and of course, like where they can find EMF rocks and stuff like that, if they're interested in protecting their home. Yeah, so for sure, I, I think the the biggest lane that, that we want to emphasize is the sleep lane and, and getting into those deeper sleeps. When you have a cell phone next to your bed with Wi-Fi on and smart meter and solar on a home, that's lots of dirty electricity, there's going to be a higher vibration. And what happens is when your body is attempting to go into the deeper restorative sleep states, delta theta, and maybe you wake up to go to the bathroom, you don't get back into that deep restorative sleep because our brain goes into what we call a twilight sleep. And it tries to figure out what frequency is pinging at it. So that's where the grounding bags come in play is they'll allow you to get in that deep restorative sleep. When you can get there, 
all the hormone balancing starts to just come naturally. And Dr. Rodney White, he did a, a test on his sleep. The grounding bags helped him go from 45 minutes of deep sleep to 100 minutes for two months straight. Nice. So this isn't anecdotal. That's a third party doing an independent doctor study for two months straight. They don't do clinical trials for two months straight. So there's a there's a lot that we really want to dive into on this. And, and the, so the biggest part is really get grounded by nature because that's our nature and that's where we're going to be able to sleep and heal at the highest level and be such an amazing father and performer uh, in, in your in your life and, and workplace. Well, I mean, Justin, seriously, powerful conversation. I think for a lot of people going to be very eye-opening. And again, these resources that we mentioned, like listen to this episode again, go read some more, inform yourself. If you have an aura ring or some kind of tracker thing, go ahead, buy some EMF rocks and do yourself your own little N equals one experiment and see how your sleep improves. That'd be really cool. And I'm sure Justin would appreciate if you message him um, with what you saw and find with some of your data. But overall, Justin, thanks for coming on today and having this powerful conversation. Pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.